0: All right, if you do not have a Bible with you this morning, you're going to need one as we jump back into 1 Peter and some other passages today. So if you do not have a Bible, just go ahead and put your hand up, and our ushers will get you a Bible that you can use for the service. And if you are receiving one of those Bibles and do not own a Bible, keep that Bible and let that be yours and a way for you to discover God. We are returning this morning to our first Peter study last week. We looked at the elders in the church both the older ones and the elected officials in the church but across the board the elders in the church um, Who are they and what are their responsibilities? We talked about the company of an elder We talked about the reality that here's Peter one who walked very closely with Jesus looking at us elders and saying, fellow elder, I am a fellow elder with you, and we are in the company of Peter himself. We talked about the work of an elder. We talked about shepherding, talked about exercising oversight and being an example. We talked about the heart of an elder, and we're going to talk more about that this morning as we go back into 1 Peter. We talked about the focus of an elder, that our goal is... The unfading crown of glory that we will receive when Jesus returns. And what an incredible goal that is. This morning, we're going to put elders and youngers together and talk about the harmony that can exist when we're each fulfilling our role. And I am going to use the word youngers over and over and over again. It's not a real word. Don't look it up, your spell check is going to pick it up every single time. But I'm using it. It's my word, and I'm introducing it this morning. Eventually, it'll be in the dictionary. Youngers. Youngers. Okay? We're going to talk about that. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. This morning, our message is called Elders and Youngers. We're going to talk about the interaction between the two. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. Here's the verse that we're focusing on this morning. 1 Peter 5, 5. Peter writes... Likewise, now he's just been speaking to the elders, that's why he puts likewise in there. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And my desire this morning is to put Peter's words to elders and his words to youngers together. And to take a good look at how God paints these two life stages into one beautiful picture. The Bible speaks often of how the body works together with each one doing his or her part. This is God's design. Harmony in the body is experienced when each individual part is operating as part of a greater whole. And this is where Peter's leading us this morning in his letter. This world would be a very different place. If the church operated this way, I think there would be less loneliness, less isolation, less pain in this world and in the church if we operated the way Peter's describing here this morning. I think the church would be far more effective and powerful in this world if we better lived out the roles that God's given us within His body. So we're going to take a shot at at one aspect of that living in community picture that God has in mind for us. And this speaks directly to the values of this church, of Chapel Hill Church. We have a value of living in love, and this is directly related to that value. Today has to do with elders and youngers. Last week, we looked at the life and the role of an elder, and I want to revisit the elder role this morning and put it together now with the younger role, because elders set the example and youngers follow their example. It's as simple as that, but we're going to to kind of open this up a little bit this morning and look at this. Elders, of which I am one, there are four things that I want to challenge us with today. Four things. Four things. These are things that I saw as I studied this verse and I attempted to respond to God's call to me as an elder. As elders, I believe that God wants us to initiate this bringing together of his family in this way. And so elders, join me in this. Let's look together at our role. And here's some important perspective that I think we need to deal with first before we get into the four things, the four practical things that we can do. Here's a little bit of of perspective that I think we need to consider. Elders, God knows that we are elders. God already knows that. We don't have to spend the latter half of our lives proving that to the world. We don't have to prove to the world that we've earned the right to be seen as elders. We don't have to pour all our effort and resources into conforming to the world's definition of what it means to be an elder. We don't need to set our sights on impressing others with what we've accomplished in life. We don't need to show off. We don't need to look the part of an elder according to the way the world defines an elder's role. We are also not being asked by God to check out at this point in our lives. We have not reached some destination that entitles us to disengage and just focus on ourselves. We have not reached a point in life when we're entitled to set aside the responsibilities and roles that God has called us to play in life. Our job, elders, is not done. We have not graduated from life If anything, our role has intensified in a very exciting, very positive way, according to what the Bible shows us. And let me give you a bit of historical, biblical perspective on this. Um, On Wednesday, I was speaking to the middle school group, and we went back and talked about a very famous character in the Bible. His name is Abraham. We talked about Abraham's life. We talked about the fact that God started something with Abraham. God started the nation of Israel. God started his people with Abraham. He said to Abraham, I am going to make a great nation out of you. Consisting of people that are more numerous than the stars in the sky. God started this with Abraham. Abraham came in line with God's plan. And Abraham fathered the first child of this new nation, this new people. Elders, Abraham was about 100 years old when this happened. This was not something that happened when he was a young man. Abraham started old. Let's not talk about being done with our role when we reach a certain part or a certain point in our eldership until we've at least considered Abraham. We're not done. With that perspective in mind, there are four things that I want us to respond to. These are four things that we can and should be doing as elders in our church. The first of these things is this. See the youngers. I said, see them. See the youngers. They're part of your eternal family. They're part of your church family. They're part of your life. See the youngers. See beyond your peers. See young married couples, young families, young singles, young adults, college students, high school students, middle, middle school students, kids. See the youngers. See the youngers here at church, see them in the service, see them serving next to you, see them at church events, see them going to parenting classes, see them picking up their kids, see them downstairs on Sunday mornings, see them on Wednesday evenings, see them right next to you right now, see them on social media, see what's important to them, see what they like, see what they support, see what they rebuke or reject. See what they take pictures of. See what they laugh at. See what makes them mad. See them. Live aware of the youngers all around you in this church. Second of the four things is this. Shepherd the youngers. A shepherd's role is to provide for and protect the sheep. It's what shepherds do. That's a model that's been put before us in the Bible In 1 Peter 5, 2, Peter instructs the elders to shepherd the flock of God that is among you. So in providing for them in that role, in providing for those sheep, that flock, what do they need? And let me insist on something here. Do not believe, elders, that you can determine what they need from a distance. Do not assume things about them. Do not assume that just because you read something about their generation in a magazine, because we old people still read magazines, that bit of information applies to all people in their demographic. Don't make that assumption. Find out by knowing them and learning about them by being a part of their lives. Every individual, every couple, every family, every youth, every kid is unique. Learn about them up close. What do they need? Do they need an example? Always. The answer to that will always be yes. They need an example. Do they need a teacher? A fan? A marriage to observe and learn from? Do they need a parent? A grandparent? A babysitter? A listener? A word of affirmation? What dangers do they face, shepherds? What can we protect them from? Do they face the danger of the world? Then show them what it's like to live in the world and not of the world. Do they face the dangers that the enemy throws at them daily? He desires to destroy their marriage, their family, help them. He is lying to them, speak truth to them. He's attempting to deceive them, be light to them. He hates them, love them. He attempts to lead them astray, show them the way. What dangers do the youngers face? See the youngers, shepherd the youngers, and surprise the youngers. Yeah, surprise them. Surprise them with a change of heart towards them in their lives. Peter wrote that the characteristics of an elder include willingness and eagerness Elders do not provide for and protect youngers out of some sense of obligation just like elected church elders do not serve out of compulsion or for selfish reasons. Elders willingly look out for youngers. Elders eagerly serve youngers. Surprise them with your openness. Surprise them with your honesty. Surprise them with a realistic but encouraging perspective on life. Surprise them by being a willing and eager example for them to follow. In 1 Corinthians 11:1, Paul writes, "Be imitators of me as I am of Christ." Follow that example. Elders extend that invitation to the youngers. Elders surprise the youngers with a willing example for them to follow. Fourthly, as elders, we are to serve the youngers. In verse 5, Peter writes, "Clothe yourselves all of you, with humility toward one another. And here's the central point of all that we're looking at this morning. I want us to look briefly at a familiar story uh, for many of us and the very model that we're looking for. Turn to John 13 in your Bibles. John chapter 13. Let's look at the example that Jesus set for us. He served. And we'll see this in John chapter 13, in the first 17 verses. And I think this is very important for us to look at this morning. This is a very profound statement of what it means to serve. John 13, verse 1 through 17. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world of the Father... Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus, in this incredible encounter, dressed himself in humility. Literally, even literally, when he put the towel around his waist, there was something very significant about that. He took on the physical appearance of a servant. It wasn't just the... Jesus, in his three-piece suit, put a towel around and got down. He made himself look like a servant, even in the way that he dressed himself. Took off his outer garments, tucked his robe up, put a towel around his waist, and got down on his knees and served as a servant. And so should we when it comes to the way we treat each other. Elders for youngers, youngers for elders. This is how we're to treat each other in God's family. Both sides of this. So let's switch directions now. In 1 Peter 5, 5, Peter writes, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. You who are younger, youthful be subject to the elders. You of a younger age, earlier stage in life, or young believers, be subject to the elders. You may remember this phrase from our study, this be subject to phrase. This has come up in first Peter a few times as we've studied it. All believers be subject to every human institution. Servants be subject to your masters. Wives be subject to your husbands. We went through all of that. And now, youngers be subject to the elders. Youngers fall in line with the example the elders are setting. Value and respond to the example that the elders are setting for you. And let me revisit some of the principles that we just looked at for the elders and apply them to the youngers. Youngers see the elders. See the elders, acknowledge their service, their leadership, their example. Peter wrote in verse five, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble and This is a principle that you can see in various places in the bible it 's in proverbs three thirty four psalm one thirty eight six matthew twenty three twelve james four six God says in there that he raises up the humble, but he brings the proud low. Youngers of which I am one. I get to be both. I'm in kind of a weird stage of life, but I want you to learn from this because I may be 51 years old, but I also have a nine-year-old son. So I'm not done with the parenting thing. I'm still learning about this as I go. And I need to be looking to elders to help me as a parent grow in my ability to raise my boys. In my role as a pastor, I've only been at this for five years. I'm a younger when it comes to being a pastor of a church. I've got to look to elders in the ministry to help me grow, to support me as I go and teach me along the way. So that's what I do. That's why I'm both in some ways. Youngers, pride can be a significant obstacle for us. We need elders We need the elders in this church. We need elders in our lives in various different ways. So let's make sure that we see them and we see our need for them. None of this, I got this mentality. I can do this on my own. Let it go. Yeah, you can do it on your own, but you can't do it well. We need elders. We need elders. So see them. The second thing that we should keep in mind is this surprise the elders. The surprise goes both ways. Do you know what will surprise an elder? Invite their presence in your life, invite them into your life, invite their wisdom in your life, invite their experience in your life, invite them to be an example for you. Affirm their role as an elder. Ask them about their experience as parents or in marriage. Ask them about their experience in the church. Ask them about their experience in the work world, in the schools, in the community. Ask them about their experience in God's word. See the elders, surprise the elders, and serve the elders. Earlier I suggested that the elders look for ways to serve the youngers. Youngers think about the elders. What do they need? Well, you're going to have to find out by getting to know them. By being in relationship with them. Do they need someone to serve alongside them? Do they need someone to listen to them? Do they need someone to follow their example? Do they need your acceptance? What dangers do they face? What about loneliness? What about isolation? What about feeling like all their experiences in life have no value? Are they lacking a clear purpose for their lives without anyone to pass the baton to? Serve the elders. Tie the towel around your waist, get down on your knees and serve. Humble yourselves and serve the elders. Peter writes, clothe yourselves All of you with humility toward one another. Elders and youngers, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. This is God's will and plan for his church. We're going to share communion together this morning. There's no more fitting way to prepare our minds for communion based on what we've just been looking at than to listen to listen to the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 2. Listen to what Paul writes. And let this turn your attention to communion as we remember Jesus Christ. Philippians 2 verses 1 through 11. Just listen. Paul writes, So if there is any encouragement in Christ... Church, what are we going to do with this? What do we do with the elder and younger thing? Admittedly, this is not a very common thing in the church. That relationship that should exist between elders and youngers, it takes some work. You have to be intentional about this. So what are you doing? What are we going to do? What is our one step today? Elders, what's your one step? Maybe it is just to see the youngers. To be aware of the fact that they're here. We have a lot of them, by the way. Youngers, is that it for you? Is to see the elders? Maybe for all of us, that's the one step. Is look beyond our peers. To understand that God has put us together with others for a reason. Those older than us those more experienced than us, those who have walked with the Lord longer than us, and those younger than us. God's got a design for this. That doesn't throw him off at all. He doesn't go, okay, well, let's get the elders out of the way so the youngers come in and can change everything. And No, we all work together. So what's your one step today? Do you need to surprise an elder today, youngers? Do you need to serve a younger today, elders? What's your one step? What do you do with this? Because you are, every single one of you in this room, either a younger or an elder or both like me. So what do you do with it? Where do you go with this? I know where Jesus went with it. And it was pretty remarkable. In so many ways, he was so far above the disciples He was sinless. He was perfect. He was so wise. He was God. And God. Dressed himself with humility. And served. The people that his father had put in his path to walk with. Jesus is our example today. Let's start there. Elders follow Jesus' example. Youngers, follow Jesus' example. And let's come together on this. And as we come to communion together, let's remember this, that Jesus' road involved him taking this humility thing, this servant thing, all the way to the cross. That's how far he went. Now how far are we willing to go? As you come to take communion today, remember this once again. That in the cracker is represented the body of Jesus Christ. A body that was willingly obedient all the way to being crucified. In the cup is represented the blood of Christ. The blood of the new covenant that he's made with us. His blood has washed us clean. His blood has washed your brother and sister clean. And we stand before God today free of condemnation, free of guilt, free of shame because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Remember him well when you come today. Remember the body and blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask the elders if they'll now come and prepare to serve. The worship team will come and lead us in, in, in a in a set of songs here. During these songs, you come. You come when you're ready. But do business with God first. Just get quiet before God and offer up to him your one step today. What are you hearing from him? What's your response going to be? And then come. Come and remember together the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Let's pray in preparation. Father, I just love you for the way that you have knit your family together and for how you have acknowledged this openly that we are a body and a body has many parts, many members, and each member has a purpose, has a plan, and you have equipped each member to fulfill their purpose. And now, right in this study that we're doing, we're looking at our purpose as elders and youngers and there's something in there for every one of us and so god help us with this i pray for unity in this church like we've never seen before I pray that there will be connections all over this church between elders and youngers i pray for the elders in this church that we will set an example that we will be very much aware that you have called us to be an example for the youngers God, do that in us. Create that, that model in us. As we follow Jesus Christ, use us to lead others into following Jesus Christ. For the youngest here today, I pray, Lord, that we would let go of this foolish pride that we have, this determination that we're we're going to do this on our own, that we don't need help with this. That we'll figure out parenting, we'll figure out marriage, we'll figure out church and all that stuff without the elders. God, break that pride in us. Across the board, bring us to the place of humbling ourselves. Taking on the role of servant. And serving each other in the way that you've equipped us to do. God, I pray, Lord, for our time now as we come and remember. And I thank you for Jesus Christ. And this morning, will you just make it real to us once again, what he went through on our behalf. Make his body real to us. Make his blood real to us. Open our eyes to the freedom that we have. To the forgiveness that you've offered us. To the reality that you made us clean before you. Response to that, lead us into a place of serving in humility out of the grace that we've been given. God, thank you for showing us once again, not just who you are, but who we are. Guide us in the, the way that you have for us. Guide us along Jesus' road. I pray this in his name, in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who we remember this morning.